This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Our goal is to connect you with real people with real stories on how they think about bravery in the workplace and examples of how they have demonstrated bravery in the workplace, all with the goal of helping you do the same. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to bebraveatwork.com and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. I'm really excited about our guest today because this is an individual who not only, I'm sure, demonstrates bravery on a daily basis, but works with people in an effort to help them show more bravery, learn about ways to show more bravery, and share examples and ideas on how to do it in a recurring way. I am really thrilled to welcome Karen Burke, who is the president of Corporate Navigator Coach, a global leadership coaching organization. Hello, Karen. Hi, Ed. Great to be here. Great. Great to have you. How are you today? Today, I am really excited to be here with you and your audience. Excited that we happen to be in the Boston area and it feels like spring. It does feel like spring. I'm not sure how it is elsewhere in the country, but our temperatures this week have been in the 60s and 70s, which is highly unusual. But appreciate it. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your business, Karen, and what type of work that you do. Thanks, Ed. Well, my background is quite technical in engineering and operations. And so when I became a coach, it seemed like a natural fit to align with leaders in technology, engineers. What I found over time is folks with kind of a left brain approach, similar to mine, really benefited from working with a coach. And so I partner with senior leaders and teams in technology to help them make really positive and sustained changes at work. And also being a female engineer, the area of my focus tends to be on senior female leaders in technology-oriented companies or who have themselves tech-type jobs. You said it was kind of a natural fit or natural transition. You know, why is that? Why did it feel natural for you? I was really interested at work in how to be more effective, how to make more product, how to have people both enjoy their work more, but us serve our clients. And the exponential factor or the X factor always seemed to be about people. So while we were really good at technology, we weren't always great at people. And that's when I went back and I studied people, interactions, performance at work, which naturally led me to coaching and had me realize, since I understand both sides, I would be a really good partner for people who were looking to make small, and you'll notice this is a theme of my work, I think about it in terms of the volume on your smartphone. What's one notch up or what's one notch down that makes performance easier, smoother, more effective, and more enjoyable at work? So that's what I help people discover. That's great. And you know, I love that metaphor of one notch up or one notch down, because when we speak about bravery in the workplace, one strategy or one ways to be a little bit braver isn't to go from zero to 11, but go from six to seven or from seven to eight, right? Just to be 
a little bolder or say or do something a little bit differently than you might normally have done in small ways. That's right. And do a little, you know, experimentation. Be conscious about what does six to seven look like? And let me try two or three instances of that at a moderate risk level, right? I always encourage my clients, you don't have to practice this with your CEO or with a board. You could practice it at home or with a barista at Starbucks or with your team. Get the feel of what it feels like to be on the edge because I think part of bravery is feeling that edge of your comfort zone and recognizing it's okay to be there and you have the skill set to be there. And to our listeners, this is what I hope will be one of the differences in our podcast today, which is Karen, in addition to, again, I'm sure demonstrating bravery on a daily basis, works with people who may not come to her and say, hey, I need to be braver, but it is clear in their experiences in the workplace and the situations in which they're navigating that bravery may be one of the ways to make great progress. And so, Karen, you work with people who ultimately are looking for ways to be a little bit braver in the workplace. Is that accurate? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? That is really accurate. And I think you also pinpointed that they don't always realize or define it as, I want to be more brave. Sometimes, in fact, they come in saying, I've gotten some feedback and it's disconcerting, or it was in my blind spot, or, you know, I'm really smart technically, but honestly, somebody has mentioned, let's say, my executive presence. I have no way to deconstruct that. And so they have to be quite brave in that moment in deciding, I'm going to create a solution outside of my comfort zone or knowledge area. I heard that Nelson Mandela said, that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. And I think bravery requires courage, this conscious commitment to, again, step outside your comfort zone. I love that quote because I think it's a lot like conflict as well, that we don't live in a world where there would never be any conflict or we don't live in a world where you'll never have to be courageous. You're always going to have to navigate conflict and you're always going to have to overcome fear. It's just recognizing that it's existing and then identifying strategies and ways that you can implement in order to make great progress. That is so well said. And to throw one more quote out there, because it struck me when I was thinking about our conversation today, is I heard that fear is excitement without breath. I think in bravery, one small step is to take a beat. As one of my clients says, take a breath kind of lean into what's possible and what's the big outcome we're looking for here. So take it out of self and move it to what's the bigger picture. And that gives us space to be a little braver. So Karen, when you think about bravery in the workplace, and this may be your own desires to be braver or the experiences that you've had with clients, you know, what words or phrases come to mind that help you define bravery? I really think about bravery as this possibility of staying in the possibility. And I think when you're brave, you identify the life hacks that you can do in your work and in your life that keep you in this state of readiness. Keep it simple. You're mindfully able to step into it, take action. And you've heard me say, and you'll hear me say it again, for me, this feeling of being on the edge of your comfort zone, that's where often I personally have to be brave or how I define bravery where I see my clients really be brave. Tell us a little bit more about that model, Karen, or that perspective about being at the edge of your 
comfort zone? What does that mean? And what does that feel like, do you think? I'm glad you mentioned the word feel, because I do think it's a feeling state. We're integrated leaders. We have head, heart, and gut. And a lot of time we operate from the neck up. You know, what are the numbers? What are the sales numbers? What are we going to tell, you know, the market? And we're a little bit less vulnerable with our heart and with our gut. And I think the edge of a comfort zone, we often feel it first. We feel a little bit uncomfortable. We have cavemen brains. So when we feel uncomfortable, there's a real reasonable tendency to turn away from that situation and step away as opposed to stepping into. And brave leaders understand that they're integrated. They've got the data from their head. They have, you know, a heart-centered approach, so appropriate empathy in the workplace, but they also have to lean into their gut. And that is often at the edge of our comfort zone. We feel it and we want to run away. But recognizing small steps, we are inherently a little bit immune to change, as research has shown. But what are the small steps that we can identify that will move us forward to more confidence or one step faster on execution when required or admitting a mistake? All of these are deep commitments to bravery. There's three words I like to toss out. Karen, that I've heard in your comments, and I'd love to just chat about them for a couple of minutes. And I think these are words that really resonate with me as I've become a student of bravery in hosting the podcast. And I like simple models or simple ways that you navigate challenging situations. And the first word is presence, that you really need to be present with yourself or present with the situation in order to navigate through it. Is that something that you have seen or experienced with the clients you work with? I have seen that. And I think presence is something that is simple as a concept. It can be pretty hard to create when all the tendencies are to take action immediately, as opposed to taking 30 seconds to regroup yourself. Having a presence practice outside of the moment of crisis can be really helpful And so even having those kinds of conversations with leaders, like what are they doing metaphorically to put their own oxygen mask on first so they're in a state of readiness when they're at work so that bravery feels like something they're quite comfortable or more comfortable moving towards. So presence is really about being in a state of awareness. It's as simple as, let's say, if right now you were just to rub your thumb to your second finger and feel the whirls on your finger just for a minute that gets you back into a state of what really is. And I think a lot of times when we're feeling like, gosh, it's so hard to be brave, we may also be making the situation much bigger than it is or not chunking it down into approachable pieces. So being mindful allows you to stay present to your strengths, your team's strengths, a strategic response that takes in the holistic part as well, that head, heart, and gut. Right. And the second word that I think of when I think of bravery and the comments that you've made is motivation, right? That in order to be brave with somebody, which means saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done, you have to be motivated to do it. You're not going to do it well unless you have a compelling reason to make progress. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it really stems to this idea of as leaders and the leaders we work with, you ultimately have to be able to execute. So you have to have that motivation to execute. And bravery means you're willing to 
take action because even the best ideas mean nothing unless we take action against them. And it also makes me think of this idea of risk and your risk tolerance. And I think when you're brave, you're actively engaged and mindfully engaged in understanding your risk tolerance. So I'll give you a personal example. I feel like I have had a low risk tolerance. You know, as an engineer, my job was to keep people safe. So I was always looking for how do I keep people safe? It kind of started getting in my way in my 30s and my 40s. And I had to be a little bit more mindful of maybe I was over strategizing a situation or overly keeping things quote unquote safe. So being motivated to be a little bit more brave allowed me to stretch that skill a little bit and recognize while I'm not going to run across the road without looking, it's reasonable to maybe just look once or twice and then move. I think that was an interesting feature. And I see that in my clients as well. Yeah. And I don't think all acts of bravery are major, big, huge activities that happen for most people. A small act of bravery can be extremely exhausting to them in respect to the energy and the time they put into it. So it might be a small statement that they need to say or a small action they need to do. But for them, it can become all encompassing because it's so significant to them and the energy and focus it takes to do it almost drains them. I think that's so true. I mean, I think a classic example is it's a Friday before a holiday weekend. You feel that feeling, feel that energy. Everybody just wants to, you know, get out of that meeting to their family. And something happens in that meeting that either becomes an elephant in the room or it's a trigger for you like, wow, we've just uncovered something unexpected. You know, bravery can just look like stopping and saying, hey, I think we need to take this on. Stopping the momentum of the room that wants to, you know, run out to their holiday weekend. That's an act of bravery. And it's a commitment to confidence and action. Does that make sense to you? It does, you know, and I think that's a fantastic example because for many folks who are sitting there on a Friday afternoon and something is uncovered that they think we need to pause and take a look at, in advance of that statement, they may be saying to themselves, do I want to bring this up? Is this the right time to bring this up? What's the impact of bringing this up? Is this going to ruin everyone's weekend? There's all these stories that are bubbling in your head and that's where oftentimes bravery becomes real, where you decide with presence to pause the meeting and make that observation to others. Right. And can I flip the switch a little bit? And I think bravery sometimes is about, and I've seen it in my clients, in being less direct. And what I mean by that is you don't always have to be the first person to speak up in order to build the team. Sometimes you have to step back so others can step up. You know, I work with a leader where that felt really hard to him. The brave part was leaning into delegating, really, leaning into allowing space for his team to become more effective. It does sound counterintuitive, and we have had prior guests talk about how not doing something, which again feels counterintuitive, was an act of bravery versus doing something. Right. It can feel a little bit counterintuitive. And the last area that I observed, one was presence, one was motivation. And the last, which I think may be the most compelling, is practice. These aren't all things that happen in the moment, like that Friday afternoon meeting, but something that you know you need to say to your boss. You know your boss doesn't accept feedback well, but this is something that you're compelled to say because it's impacting you in a negative way. And it is a fantastic behavior to find a colleague who you trust 
and say, hey, I need to speak to Ed about something. We have time scheduled on Wednesday morning. I'd like to practice it with you in advance to just get it out of my head, see what your reaction is and help me say it in the best way possible. I love it. And you know, you and I as colleagues have a practice where we'll call each other up periodically and say, hey, I just need to extrovert something. And I'll share that with my clients. First, you want to hear yourself say it because a lot of time your internal energy, your intuition coalesces. Once you say it, you're like, wait a minute, that's not exactly what I need to say. Or now that I say it, I don't feel it's quite so scary. I have more confidence towards it. And lastly, and importantly to your point is you have an audience, you have a trusted person who will hopefully give you really direct feedback. That's one of the things I tell my clients when I work with them is I'm very direct. There may be times when we have discomfort or you may feel just a little bit uncomfortable, but you'll never feel unsafe in our coaching. But I think the value we bring is being direct. We bring that to our family, we bring that to our friends, and we bring that to our clients. And they in turn need to be and are brave by being direct at work and questioning for their blind spots, really. So when you call me to extrovert, who ultimately has the answer? Well, brilliantly, as you and I often find, and our clients find when we kind of just hold up the mirror, we're not solutioning for them. They have the answer. Or in our case, if I'm calling you, I have the answer. You know, I know it, but I need to create the space, which circles back to our earlier conversation on mindfulness. And I think it's critical for leaders to find time every week to just quote unquote, get right with themselves. So it may be, I have clients who develop a ritual, like every Thursday morning driving into work, they just reflect, the radio is not on. How is the week gone? What do I need to finish out? Who do I need to be perhaps in this meeting today? And I think we overestimate how long that takes. It might be I need to take an hour or 30 minutes a week to think about my overall strategy. But it could be just effective is that every Thursday on the way to work, I turn the radio off, take a moment and consider, how's the week gone? Who do I need to be? Where's there a place I need to be a little braver or admit a mistake? That's an act of bravery. Or maybe I need to listen more. I feel impatience. I just want to speak, but I need to listen more. Those are small but decided acts of bravery. Well, and I love that recommendation because in my mind, oftentimes practice requires meeting with somebody else. It might be a colleague. It might be a family member. It might be an accountability partner, but you can also practice on your own, right? I mean, you don't need necessarily another person. You could find Thursday morning, turn off the radio and walk the story through your head, walk the presentation through your head, modify it as necessary, but take some time to practice because if you practice, the likelihood of your delivering it more effectively is increased. That's true. I mean, that's just proven by great speakers. I think it's because you also, you kinesthetic, you feel it in your body and you develop confidence. So you're really ready to not only deliver the content, but also to pivot, you know, so we're not tied to it necessarily going the way we plan, right? So I think bravery is also about recognizing that things may not go the way we plan right now. We have something happening in the world that that is pretty big in terms of markets and such. You have to have a lot of agility as a leader and recognize things may not go exactly as you anticipate. One of my professors used to say, you know, what are the four scenarios that can present themselves? So when you are brave, you're ready to recognize that your agility and all that you bring to that moment is enough 
you are enough as a leader and you're ready for this. But this idea of practicing injects a beat into the situation so you can feel even more confident. Well, to our listeners, certainly, I just want to remind folks, you know, some of the concepts that we talked about today include presence and being one of mind and one of thought in respect to the conversations that you need to have. Being motivated, you've got to be motivated in an effort to make great progress and look for ways to practice, look for ways to find somebody else or even on your own, practice what it is you want to say and what you want to do in order to make great progress. So Karen, what are some ways that folks can get in touch with you if they'd like to talk a little bit more about your work or this concept of bravery? Beautiful. Well, thank you, Ed. And thank you for bringing up this topic for your listeners, because I think it's really important to our leaders, and that's all of us, and that we are brave at work and in life. So if you want to reach me, you can reach me at my website, which is www.corpcorpnavigator.com, or at my email, which is just karen at corpnavigator.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I'd be delighted to talk to you about my passion, which is coaching senior leaders and teams in tech to be their very best at work and make positive and sustained changes. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Karen, for sharing some of your thoughts and ideas with us today. Thanks for having me, Ed. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Apple, we are in endless places. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.